Also appreciate, you know, we've been in a worship uh, pastor transition and uh, all these different guest worship leaders. This was John Mike up here. Don't you appreciate him uh, leading us in worship this morning? I do. Uh, God's, God's been faithful uh, every, every step of the way around here. My name is Richie, our lead pastor, and I'm th- really thankful that you're here today. I believe God got you here for a reason, wants to speak to each one of us and meet us right where we are today. You come in here with whatever's going on in your life, and God knows. He's not surprised by anything in our lives. He loves to show up in a powerful, loving, gracious way right where we are. Speak, reveal himself, lead you to become who he's made you to be. Uh, We believe that with all our hearts that God has a purpose for every single one of our lives. And and you and I learning to become those kind of people that live into that purpose is what we are all about around here. And so we're excited for today. Um, Man, I was celebrating with our team. Uh, we, We just love seeing lives changed around here. Did you know last week we got to baptize eight more people into Jesus Christ just this last week. That's, that's worth celebrating, right? That's, that's a lot of lives changed uh, just in a week. Three of them were, were students at our youth ministry on Tuesday night, which just is so exciting to me to know that God is raising up the next generation of his church and that we as a church are collectively, passionately and praying for this next generation. We are serving and we are uh, helping facilitate the next generation being raised up that way. And so I love seeing lives change like that and love to be a part of a church where we are excited about lives being changed, right? And uh, God, is, God is doing it. And so, man, I'm glad you're here today. And uh, praying that God's going to work it in this time. Started a conversation a couple weeks ago called More Than This. We believe around here, I believe with my whole heart that God has made you for so much more than just eking out an existence here in this life that you are actually built for eternity. That's that longing inside you. Every time this world disappoints you, it's really there serving as a reminder that you are made for more, that you are made for eternity, that God has built you for heaven, that he's established in your heart, uh, a longing for his kingdom that will endure forever. And every time we find this world not satisfying us, it is because we are built for eternity. And so how do we live into that now? How do we begin to walk toward the, the vision that God has for each of our lives? You don't have to drift through this life aimlessly. You can actually walk intentionally toward the purpose of God for your life. That's week one that we talked through and how to have that vision and clarity around that vision for your life. And uh, last week we talked a lot about like the fuel, the passion, the fire inside you to continue to keep going after that vision because life happens We get discouraged. Things are difficult at times. How do you get up every single day with a sense of motivation, passion inside you? Last week, we talked all about Jesus, our pursuit of Jesus and people and how that fills us with so much fire and fuel for the purpose of God in our lives. Today, I want to talk to you about relationship. Relationship really is central to what it means to be Jesus' church. Jesus could have picked any way when he showed up here on earth but he showed up with a very specific purpose, relationship with God to restore us to right relationship with God and relationship with each other. He established a a church. He he could have picked anything he chose, but he decided, you know what? I'm going to pick 12 guys and I'm going to spend three years of my life with them and invest in them and then tell them to go do the same thing. Like the, the, the purpose of God, the intention of God has always been relationship with God and relationship with each other. Relationship is central to the kingdom. And I, I'm really convicted on this because I, I struggle in relationship just like anybody else. We have difficulties. We have um, unmet expectations in relationship. People hurt us. 
people are mean to us. There's all kinds of difficulties associated with relationship. It would be nice if a relationship was like as perfect as God is, right? Like the one who never disappoints or never fails us. But we're humans and we interact with each other and um, we create all kinds of messes and challenges for each other and we let each other down and we hurt each other and we betray each other and relationship is messy. So I want to talk about it today uh, because it is God's design doesn't mean that because it's hard, we should just walk away from it or give up on it or make up our own version of what his church should be like and how we should operate within it. And so it really takes, I think, a focus and intentionality to go, okay, if relationship is essential for us to live the purpose of God for our lives, then how do we do that well? And I would say this conversation is specifically more, maybe just... Man, it's challenging. I think because we do come from so many different perspectives. Many of you have been around church for a while. Some of you are brand new to church. Um, And we all come from different places when it comes to our relationships. And because we come from different places, we have different needs and expectations that we all bring to the equation. Like just look in this room with hundreds of people in it. Every one of us has a different view and a different desire and a different need and a different expectation around relationship we have a powder keg of potential problems just sitting right here today. If we don't figure it out, if we don't have some sort of unity or direction on relationship, you could see the potential for problems. Just think about it from this standpoint. Some of you came from a healthy family and you need relationships in the church, but you don't need them like, 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 like the lifeblood of your life because you have healthy maybe parents or siblings that you lean on during difficult times. You have people praying for you consistently. You need a few connections. You know you need spiritual connection, um, but, but at the core of it, you have a healthy family unit intact, and that's great. Others of us have come from unhealthy families, and so we come into the church with a very desperate need for the church not to just be like a casual thing I attend, but an actual family for my life and for my kids and my grandkids. Like this is going to be the essence of our relationship is the church. Some people walk in through these doors with kind of a take it or leave it attitude towards relationship. Eh, they're messy. Relationships are hard. Eh, if it works out, that's great. If not, no big deal. No skin off my back, right? Others of us, Um, are more like those renegades that are like, I don't need anybody, right? Like me and Jesus, that's it. You know, isolationists, like we're good. Others of us come in with this picture of relationship as as a, like a, a rope, a line that's been cast into the storm of your life. Maybe it's addiction or brokenness in your past. Like if I don't have this lifeline, I will drown. I will fall off the wagon. I will go back to my addiction. I will quit following Jesus. When you hear the variety, and there's probably eight more options than what I just listed right there, but you can see the potential for problems that we all have different ideas and expectations and needs associated with relationship. And that's okay. And so it takes a little bit of extra work for us to go, okay, well, if Jesus' church is to be anchored in relationships, to keep us from drifting from the purpose of God, then how do we do that well? That's what I want to dive into today because I I believe with all my heart, without the right people in your life, the right people committed to the right things, you will find yourself discouraged from the purpose of God. You will find yourself drifting. You will find yourself drowning, quitting your pursuit of Jesus. You will find yourself um, giving up on this whole thing. We all need 
our relationship with Jesus and relationship with people. That's how God made us. But how do we do it well? That's what I want to kind of dive into today. So I got a bunch of verses I'm going to throw at you. I want you to take some notes, jot some stuff down. Hopefully you can keep up as we're navigating through this together. But let's pray as we look to God's word together. Lord, thanks for this time. Uh, I know that you have so many things in mind in this conversation and so many different people in the room, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just be here illuminating truth, that your word would come alive, that each of our hearts would be soft and receptive to what you want to say, God. Each of us are navigating difficulties, and as soon as I bring up the topic of relationship, there's so much baggage associated with this conversation for each of us, God. I just pray you would make a way through all of that, God, by your power and by your spirit for us to hear your leadership, your promptings, your grace, your truth in a powerful way right now, Jesus. Help us become your people, Jesus, who are actually living for more than this life, God, that are living for eternity, God. We trust you to be here now. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Can you say amen? Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Anybody heard this verse before? You spend time with wise people, you become like wise people. You hang out with foolish people and you will suffer harm. You will destroy your life. You will drown, sink, shipwreck, whatever illustration you want. This is the conversation today. Uh, we said to teenagers all through youth ministry, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, you know. And my wife and I were kind of joking this weekend, that's not really just a teenager conversation, is it? That's really one for our, every one of us, right? That, that every single one of us need to pay attention to the people that we are surrounding ourselves with and, and what kind of relationships they are and are they helping us to become who God made us to be? Are they establishing in us wisdom, discernment, discretion, understanding the things in, of God's purpose and his leadership for our life? Or are they dragging us away from the purpose of God? It's, it's a challenge that I think every one of us needs to pay attention to. Here's what my prayer is for you in this conversation today is that the Spirit of God would prompt you to a place of desiring, hungering for wisdom and discernment in your relationships. There is no, no like cookie cutter way to answer every nuanced question of who I should be with and what that relationship should look like and what I should expect and what they should expect and how it all should go. Like it, it feels way too much to try to make every bit of that make sense. But, but what I do love is that God's word is filled with wisdom, understanding. Every relationship, every person we interact with requires discernment and understanding from the spirit of God and his leadership and the truth of his word applied to every single one of those conversations. So my hope is to kind of stir a hunger inside of us. Am I spending time? Am I surrounding myself with wise people and becoming wiser for it? Or am I surrounded with fools and maybe I have no idea and I'm, I'm actually suffering harm and drifting off from the purpose of God because maybe I'm, I'm enamored with this relationship or I, I, I want this kind of thing out of that relationship. I haven't prioritized it in the right way. Proverbs 22 verse 24 says, make no friendship with a man given to anger nor go with a wrathful man. These are the kind of people to stay away from, people given to anger, lest you learn his ways. And I love this language, entangle yourself in a snare. You, you think of a snare, it's, it's designed to trap an animal. It's there hidden, luring the animal into a trap and then snags them, snares them and takes them out, kills them. Nobody like heads into a relationship like, this is gonna be awesome, I'm gonna ruin my life today. 
Nobody goes that way. But this is the warning from Proverbs, right? If you're not paying attention to who you're spending time with, if you're, you're constantly around people given to anger and vitriol and, 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 and like angst or bitterness or gossip, things that are destructive in nature, that is what's going to be a part of who you are. And it's so tempting to kind of lump into relationships that make you feel a certain way, feel justified in your perspective, maybe feel like, like uh, powerful because of, of kind of everything you're talking about together. You're putting these people down and so it makes you feel strong and good and that you're all right. It's tempting to surround ourselves that way. First Corinthians 15, Paul says, do not be deceived. <laughs> I love this warning. Don't be deceived. Don't fool yourself. Bad company is going to ruin your good morals. It's going to corrupt your character, another translation says. If you spend time with foolish people, you will find yourself foolish. You spend time with angry people, you're going to find yourself angry. You find yourself in bad company, it is going to ruin the way you make decisions and the way you lead your life. Ecclesiastes 4, this is more wisdom literature from the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. I think this is so important. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Part of the necessity of relationship is that you and I spiritually are in a war, that there is an enemy of our soul trying to discourage you and, and keep you from the purpose of God for your life. The way he works is if, if, if we're kind of a, a big, you know, God calls us like sheep, like a big flock of sheep, right? He, he always, the enemy will come in, he'll start to whisper in your ear and kind of get you discouraged about the purpose of God and the people of God and the, the kind of right way of living. And he'll start to pull you alone by yourself, isolate you, and then devour you. It's like a wolf with a flock of sheep. That's the warning here in Ecclesiastes. If, if you're all by yourself, you, you'll be overpowered. But two together, like together, we can defend ourselves. We can stay strong through difficulties together. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I love Acts 2, verse 42 through 47, though, because there's this picture here of not only the right kind of relationships, but with the right priorities in those relationships. This is they. These, this is like the brand new church that was just birthed. Like 3,000 people were baptized, and they, those people, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Listen to what they're devoted to. If you're wondering what kind of people should I be around, it's a good question to ask, what are they devoted to? What are they committed to? What kind of life are they trying to build and shape and, and, and make happen in, in their life? What are they devoted to? They, this early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the scripture as we have it today. They devoted themselves to fellowship. That's connection with each other to the breaking of bread. This is communion that we're celebrating together and, and, and to praying. This is what they were devoted to. When they were devoted this way, awe came upon every soul. Many wonders, signs were being done through the apostles, the leaders of the church. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. You see this unity that's being birthed here. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. 
and day by day attending the temple courts together. That's going to church every day together and breaking bread in their homes, having meals together. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. I love this. The Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Having the right people devoted to the right things creates an atmosphere where God can work powerfully in your life. Acts 2 is not like some formula or checklist for us to, to walk through, but it's an, a, a snapshot. Luke, the author, gives us a snapshot into the life of the church and the kinds of priorities and the kinds of devotions that they had and the kind of fruit that was being born out of those kinds of relationships. So when you look at this, this picture here today, I, I hope that you're hearing this sense and this desire inside you going, okay, I want to have the right kind of people in my life. The, the picture in my mind is like a boat, like you are on a journey. You're sailing this life toward the purpose of God. And man, storms come on the open water all the time. Many of us have been in the midst of a storm for months now. Maybe, maybe for years you felt like just being capsized over and over by waves, by uncertainty, by, by anxieties and fears. There's pain in your life. There's, there's maybe hurt and betrayal in your past. There's all kinds of storms raging around us. And without our lives anchored to the right kind of people with the right kind of priorities, we will find ourselves just driven along by these storms, not solid, not secure, not lasting, giving up, shipwrecked, in fact, dashed against the rocks, the, the last place any of us want to be. But, but without these kind of relationships, we will find ourselves in this spot. So that's the conversation for me is like, how do we create those kinds of relationships? The church was intended to be a spot where these kind of relationships can be formed. Here's the problem though, is we create structures and systems to try to help with that, right? We have connect groups around here, men's and women's groups. We have these kind of ways to try to mimic what Jesus did and these early apostles did. And we try to create and recreate this kind of opportunity. But, but at the end of the day, it's just a system. It's just a structure. It's just an, an attempt to try to build relationship around you. At the core of it has got to be a commitment from every single person that calls himself a part of real life to say, you know what? I need real relationship in my life. I need a relationship that is going to help me become who God made me to be. And I need to help other people experience that kind of relationship as well. With that kind of devotion and commitment, we then are filled with the question of how. How, Lord, how are you going to use me? How are you going to provide that kind of relationship? Where's that gonna come from? How are we gonna do this? You add to that, that angst, this massive amount of past experience that every single one of us have had. Some of you have tried it, you've been hurt, you've been burned, you've been betrayed. That term that gets thrown around all the time, church hurt, right? Like people hurt me in the church. It's really not the church that hurts you, it's somebody hurt us, right? And we blame the church, we blame an organization, and essentially at the core of it, it's people being people, making messes, saying dumb stuff, hurting each other, walking away from relationship. And it creates just this angst inside of us. So some of you, today, by God's grace and by his spirit, he's just going to prompt you today to, even though you've experienced all of that, he's going to prompt you to try again. In some way, to be measured and and wise and how you begin to re-engage. Some of you have been convinced that alone is fine, but you find yourself close to being shipwrecked in this life and you know that you need support around you. 
Others of you, maybe you've just kind of been ambivalent to the idea of relationship or you found your connections in other places. And so by God's grace, maybe he's just prompting like, hey, maybe I could help be helpful to other people experiencing relationship today. How do we do that well? The imagery of an anchor is where I've been kind of messing around with this conversation the last couple of weeks. If I'm going to stay on course, I got to have a really good anchor to this boat that God has called me to, to, to be a part of. The first anchor I would say is, that is essential for us to have these kind of relationships is to anchor ahead of where we are right now. What I mean by this is that it's tempting to anchor behind us kind of with as a, maybe as a place of superiority in people's lives. Like I'm the expert or I'm the know-it-all or I'm the one that has it all figured out or maybe these people don't challenge me too much or don't maybe um, uh, push me too much. But I wanna challenge you that actually for you to become who God made you to be, you need to look ahead. Like at people that have a better marriage than your marriage. At people that have maybe spiritually have taken more steps than you've taken. And, and, and work at making some connections that are ahead of where you are. If you are going to continue to grow and become who God made you to be, you need to learn to anchor ahead. It takes intentionality. It takes focus. It takes humility. Sometimes pride keeps us from doing this. Like we want to be the best in every circle that we are in. And so we find ourselves surrounded with people that, that kind of make us look good. Sometimes it's, it's just insecurity. We don't feel like anybody would want to spend time with us. That's a little further ahead of us. But you have no idea until you just actually make an ask and take a step and invite somebody to coffee or to lunch or whatever it is. You have a marriage that you admire, then you and your spouse together need to go make that connection. Don't just wait for those people to show up mad in your life, make the effort to anchor ahead. And man, when this is happening in our lives, man, this is something powerful that, that God could really use. He loves to use other people, their stories, their experiences to help us become who we are made to be. But without those connections, you may stay stagnant or stuck or drifting or, or, or a long ways away from the purpose of God for your life. And so the challenge in this is just this, this week, make one ask. Try to be practical in this conversation. Make one invitation this week. Here's the thing about an invitation. It's not an obligation. Because you ask that person doesn't mean they have to say yes. So that means you got to be okay with hearing no. That you got to be okay with maybe taking a little bit of a risk and being aware enough to go, hey, if this person is really, you know, awesome or whatever, they might, they might um, be busy or whatever's going on in their life, like it may not work. And so that means I'm going to have to make another ask. But I want to challenge you to, to make one of those invitations this week. To you, for you to come at it like obligation and they better and if they don't, then they, you know, whatever, like to heap all that expectation on it promise you, it will not help make the connection, okay? It will actually push people away. Come with a heart of invitation. Hey, would there be any way that we could spend some time together? Really admire your marriage. Really admire how you parent your kids. I really love the way you love your wife. Is there any, any way that we could spend maybe just a half an hour together, get some coffee, or even on a phone call this week? I would love to just spend a few minutes with you, just understanding where this has come from for you, how, how this heart came but that you would be intentional about making connections with people that are ahead of you spiritually, relationally in this life is essential for you to continue to grow, become who God made you to be. You really don't know until you ask. I was um, with Grayson and I um, were chatting just a couple of weeks ago and we were challenged by just wanting God to continue to grow the health of our, of our team and our staff specifically around here and 
put together a whole plan of strengthening it and the health of, of what God's doing. And we were, part of that plan was getting some coaching and some, some leadership in our lives of how best to do this. And, and um, we had some ideas of some local friends that we could reach out to and stuff. But as we were talking, I felt like the spirit was just prompting me to be like, well, who is it like that's really amazing at this? Like who's way ahead of you? Well, there's this author that we've respected uh, for years now around here, and, and his whole team has a whole consulting thing that they do to help teams get healthy and staffs get healthy. And um, it, these guys, like, consult the Navy SEALs and, like, the NFL and, like, all these, like, Fortune 50 companies that, like, are, like, so far beyond us, you know, or whatever. But I was like, maybe they would coach us. They might just, just reach out. And so he reaches out, and the guy's like, you know, we don't really do that. Um, in fact, a normal client, you know, they're, they're, char they're paying us at least like 50 grand for our commitment to help them. And we know churches can't really do that. But he says, we love the church. In fact, if you guys would commit to a year with us, then we'll coach you for free. Would that be all right? And we're like, well, absolutely, that would be all right, right? That there would be like somebody that would be willing to walk with us toward that, that future together. And I think that those people exist in your life. They're around. You just got to have the courage and the, the passion to make that ask, to get past the insecurities and to anchor ahead. The other thing I would say is so essential as you're anchoring your life for the purpose of God is to anchor in a few. In a culture that's very connected in lots of social ways and lots of companionships and, and people that we know, it's easy to feel like we are connected uh, when it's just kind of a facade of, of light interactions around us. Not everything needs to be serious and intense all the time. Not everything needs to be super heavy and like burying your soul all the time. That's not what I'm talking about here. But I think it does take a level of intentionality to take a few people to a more intimate place in your life. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many companions, lots of connections, may come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That you would take a few to this place of friendship is really essential. That you would take maybe not, not everybody, I'm talking like one, two, maybe three people from companionship to friendship, from, from kind of acquaintances to actually like trusting each other with vulnerabilities and confession of sin and, and, and places where, where uh, you need to be held accountable, like that kind of level of friendship. It's not, it's not with 50 people. It's definitely not with 10 people. It may be with one, two, three at the most kind of people. But that you would understand that not everybody's going to be that kind of a friend, but I can't just have companions and not have those kind of people. And it takes you intentionally saying, hey, I really need some prayer on this. I need some help on this. Would you be willing to support me in this? And those kind of friends are the ones that you know when you ask for support and prayer, they give you prayer and support. They don't give you maybe a whole bunch of advice and tell you what's wrong with your life and they're not trying to fix it, right? That it's just like, like a simple kind of give and take type relationship. You support them, they support you. These kind of friendships have become more and more rare because we've been so content with just um, people kind of out on the fringe of our lives as companions. Anchor in a few. And the last one is this, is that you would anchor always. Relationship takes effort constantly. Dates with your spouse is an important rhythm. Connection with people in, a, in an ongoing way is essential. It's not just when you get around to it. That will not anchor your life. You can't just be haphazard about it. You got to be regular about it. That's why as connect groups meeting around here, most of them meet every week. A few meet every other week around here. 
men's groups, women's groups for me. Um, to meet with my men's group, it's got to be super early in the morning before work and all the mayhem of the week kind of hits everybody in our group because uh, if we don't carve that time out and get up extra early, then it's just not going to happen with the amount that's going on in our lives. And so we've got to prioritize those times. I know for my wife, it's going on a walk with one of her really good friends, uh, maybe a few times a week. There's like, there's just these like little moments where you got to prioritize and carve out that I'm not going to let myself get isolated and disconnected from these people. I got to have a rhythm about these relationships for me to grow and for them to grow as well. You got to prioritize these relationships for you to actually experience the fruit and the connection that comes with these relationships. For you and I to see this is, is so essential. And I think that, that these anchors will help you to stay on the course that God has for your life. Without them, you'll find yourself drifting. And I don't think any of us wants to set out on this journey uh, to get entangled in useless, meaningless lives that really are just kind of discouraged and filled with doubt. Every one of us want to become who God wants us to be and has made us to be and experience the fulfillment and the joy that comes with being a part of the kingdom of God, having a life that's eternal, impactful, and, and, and lives around us are being changed because of us. And I, I, I love that this is the longing inside of us. And this whole conversation is just here to say, all right, church, we got to get wise. We got to get discerning in how we build relationships that we would build them well and that we would create these connections. The dream is that God is always bringing people here. I mean, the room's fuller every week than it was the previous week. And that's because new people, God's drawn to himself that we would be a spot where people can experience these kind of relationships. Is it perfect? Like, hey, you get in a connect group and you're going to find your people. No, it's not that perfect. I wish it was. It's a lot messier than that. But with this kind of commitment inside of our hearts, each of us can begin to make those relationships and those connections. Some will be here, some will be outside of the church. However, God puts that together, that we would be a spot where people can find these kind of anchors in their soul to become the men and women that God has made each of us to be. And so, man, that's the prayer of this conversation. And know that this is anchored in the essence of what it means to be Jesus Church. God sent his son to this earth to restore relationships between humanity and God himself. God is a relational God. Relationship was broken because of our sinfulness. The only way for us to be back in right relationship with God was to become perfect. Every single one of us fell short of that standard. And so God sends his son, Jesus, the perfect one, to restore right relationship with our father in heaven who made us to be in relationship with him, to make it possible to forgive one another, overlook each other's faults, to, to, to not hold grudges and bitterness towards each other, but to actually make unity in our relationships possible. That is what Jesus came to do. And so for you and I to recognize this and begin to live into this is the place of fulfillment and satisfaction. Does not mean life is all of a sudden magically better. It means that now we're starting to build this life with, with, with like anchors and a web of, of support and encouragement through difficult things going on in each of our lives. And that's my prayer in this conversation. So I want to pray for you today. I just want you to close your eyes where you're at right now for just a moment because I know but you got a lot around this conversation. Each of us do. Some of you, it's a challenge even just to listen to this because you've been hurt so many times by maybe church people or people that call themselves followers of Jesus. 
And just the difficulty to overlook those offenses and that pain is really challenging right now. I'm just praying right now that God has just given you courage to begin to forgive, to begin to step back from that pain and to begin to try once again to connect with people. That you maybe see the isolation that you found yourself in and God's spirit is just prompting you today to go stop being isolated. You need to start taking steps back towards relationship. Others of you, maybe you found yourself completely surrounded with foolish people and your life is filled with a lot of relationships, but they're not the kind of relationships that are helping you become who God made you to be. Even though they might call themselves Christians, they don't live Jesus way. So God is inviting you out of those as the priority of your relational circles and to begin to realign the kind of people that you surround yourself with. Others of you, you feel like it's been impossible just to connect with God in relationship because you haven't known Jesus' forgiveness, His grace, His healing. Right now, Jesus is just speaking to you gently, saying that he loves you, that he died for you, that he wants to save you, make you right with your Father in heaven. Just in a place of repentance, just acknowledge that you need a Savior, that you need hope, that you need an anchor for your soul. Some of you have just, you've just been insecure in relationship. And God is just inviting you out of that place today to a place of confidence that he has got people to fill your life with. He has connections for you, that he has a plan to help you build these kind of relationships. He's just filling you with peace right now. The anxiety does not rule you. The peace of God is ruling your heart. Stand to your feet with me today. I'd love to pray with you, real life. Jesus, you see church here today. You see every bit of our stories, God, the lives that we've had, the wrecks that we've made, the brokenness we've experienced. Yet, God, we just sense your spirit drawing us in today, drawing us to a place of connection and relationship, God, and desire to be with the right people in our lives, God. I pray by your spirit right now, God, that you would, you would heal where there, there's a need, God, for healing and brokenness that's just overwhelmed us, God. Would you just heal that in the powerful name of Jesus? there's been fears and anxieties ruling God I just pray for just a, a cleansing Lord and that your spirit of peace would just cover every heart in this room where there's been a foolishness about our connections God I just pray just a spirit of wisdom and revelation to cover your church today God that you 
you would give us a hunger, God, for wisdom and discernment, the right people in our lives, God. For those that just feel isolated, God, and need somebody, God, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around them right now and be the God of all comfort and peace. Lord, and we just ask for a miracle that you would provide relationships miraculously for those that are lonely and isolated, God. We love you, God.